Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me today to bring the fight once again to the arachnid threat is my very good friend Adam. Adam, welcome back to Chatsunami. Hello, hello. And you know what I think, Satsunami? I think it's a good day to die. Oh, I see what you did there. Watch a review Starship Troopers 2 and 3. (laughs) Can I take the former option, please? Oh, God. You really didn't enjoy this film, did you? Or both of them? Um, Do you know what? I've seen worse, in fairness. I've seen better, but I've seen worse. I mean, you've seen Birdemic. That's true. That's true. You know, in fairness, these films are, to borrow to borrow your phrase, these, these seem like the Citizen Canes of sequels. <laughs> I just wanted to be very hyperbolic. Because, okay. you know, Starship Troopers is all about grand gestures and in your face. I was just going to say, let's, let, let's not be too dramatic here, calling it the Citizen Kane of sequels. But I do see where you're coming from. It's not the worst, I think, we've ever seen, but it's a thing. It is a very interesting product. I was going to say a product of its time, but I don't even think films of the time were producing things like this. Were they? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Starship Troopers 2, when did that come out? Was it like, it was the early 2000s? 2004, I believe. Jesus, that late? I know. It's like Oof. seven years now. Oh my god. And yeah, Starship Troopers 3, I believe, came out in 2008. Yeah, you were correct. I was going to say, oh, you know, oh, it really shows it came out in 2008, but no, it really doesn't. It, it predates the art form known as animation. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of those old like documentaries that you see where they go back and it's like, this is the very first form of animation. It was carved into stone, you know? I'm not saying it's that bad, but it's not too far off. It's like Starship Troopers Willie or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. What an arachnid on a steamboat. I would pay to see that film. Whistling away. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna kill the Federation. Definitely pay for that. Okay, I'm ending the episode early so we can make our dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's probably a better... You know what? No. I'm only kidding. As you can tell, today we are going to be talking about Starship Troopers 2 and 3. And it is my devious job to (laughs) put the burden of the summary onto you, Adam. So, yeah, what are... (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't pay you enough for this. (laughs) Or at all, actually. Yeah, what is Starship Troopers 2 and 3 about in the most succinct and (laughs) pain-free summary ever? Okay, so Starship Troopers 2 takes place on a planet infested with the arachnids, and it revolves around a small group of mobile infantry soldiers who escape um, escape a mass slaughter Mm -hmm. and take refuge in this old abandoned industrial building. I don't really know what it is, but they they find another soldier there who's been accused of murder and was slated to be executed but wasn't and basically they need to hold out against the swarm of arachnids closing in on them until they get rescued but there's intrigue inside things are things are happening in the in the surviving group and that's basically the plot of starship troopers 2 starship troopers 3 it takes place 11 years after the original film and we zoom back onto uh johnny rico our main hero from the first film who is now a colonel in charge of the defense of another planet and this planet is overrun by arachnids and he is accused of treason and also slated to be, there's a theme here, slated to yeah. be executed, but <laughs> escapes execution for a, a special task. At the same time, the leader of the Federation, Sky Marshal Anouk, is having a sort of religious conversion, a religious experience, and at the same time there's a plot to dethrone him by another, by a high-ranking uh, military general. And so these two things are good, these two strands are going on at the same time, and they culminate in a finale. How's about how about that for a for a slice of fried summary? I love how you just said a finale. <laughs> You know, we're in the intro here, for goodness sake. Yeah, you didn't say like a grand finale, a bombastic finale, a Citizen Kane of finales. You just said a finale. <laughs> that was it. I believe in being objective. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't deny it. Chat tsunami exclusive. We are indeed objective. But 
To kind of give context about our experience, we mentioned this in our previous episode, which if you haven't checked it out, please do, where I actually came to visit you in probably one of the weirdest ways possible. I came to visit you at your house one day, um, and despite all the knocking, you eventually let me into your house, like some kind of, um, oh, is it like a vampire you have to let in your house? Yeah, vampire and Starship Troopers fans are the same. What <laughs> 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 blood-sucking parasites. <laughs> So yes, being the Starship Troopers fan I was, I brought, I think it was all four. I know technically there are five uh, Starship Troopers films, but I only brought four of them because, yes, I'm not a true Starship Troopers fan. I apologise, Adam. You're a a phony. (laughs) I'm sorry, okay. Yeah, we ended up marathoning all the way through from Starship Troopers 1 to 4. I think by 3, the kind of Starship Troopers fatigue really hit us when, and we mentioned this in our 50th episode celebration, where we actually both got the wrong pizza. Or rather, sorry, we both ordered pizzas, and you explained it better than me, but the long and the short of it was that I ordered like a barbecue chicken pizza, you ordered a vegetarian pizza, and we nearly finished each other's pizza before we're like, wait a minute, (laughs) we both got the wrong pizza. (laughs) And ever since then, we blame that on Starship Troopers 3. So that is probably like a good indicator as to what to expect with this film. How did you feel by the end of it? I'm actually quite curious. How did you feel by the end of watching all four of these films? Uh, like like you'd taken like you'd taken all four films, held them in your hands, and beat me about the head with them until I was stunned and dazed. I mean, th- that is exactly what happened. But um, for the sake of the law, this is a joke. Um, <clears throat> and <laughs> I can't remember that evening so well. <laughs> I've got a giant lump in my head. Yes, and a snowball that says Starship Troopers. <laughs> Ah, you see, you get it. Citizen Kane reference. See, I'm getting one step closer to watching the damn film. (laughs) One day I'll watch it, but yes, until then we've got Starship Troopers 2 and 3 to go over. Which is something I never thought I would say. It was great revisiting the first one, because as we both agreed in our Starship Troopers episode, Starship Troopers is a fantastic film. Even though it wasn't well received when it came out, it's kind of amassed a cult following. Ironically enough, a bit like one of the subplots in this, (laughs) in the third film at least anyway. And when the sequels came out, they were direct to DVD, weren't they? Both were. I was going to say poor people, but let's face it, it's really not, is it? (laughs) They didn't do anything to justify these films being released in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I can imagine like going to see these and having the same kind of feeling as like going to see something like I was going to say Terminator Salvation, but is it you who actually doesn't mind Terminator Salvation? Oh, don't, don't you don't, don't you attach <laughs> that to my name? Okay, don't, don't get that out there. No, <laughs> this is a rumor star. No, I hate that film. Don't you dare. <laughs> And you put that evil on me, that's enough. <laughs> I was going to say, because I can't remember if it was you who said that um, Terminator Salvation was like, it, it obviously Terminator 2, 1 and 2, the best. <laughs> I, I just wanted to fact check, just in case. This is like turned into an expose. I actually lied see to you. See if I get mail now from people even being like, "You're you're the you're a scumbag," or people being like, "Thank you for celebrate, thank you for like bringing notice to our cause." You're gonna hear from my lawyers. <laughs> you're gonna get a letter that's just like, "Finally, another fan." <laughs> meet us and <laughs> meet us and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meet us under the grand old oak. <laughs> Round the corner, and it's like, there isn't a grand old oak. There's just one you haven't noticed yet. <laughs> like the film, it's just a withered <laughs> husk. <laughs> oh, yes. Much like Starship Troopers, which began as a fantastic deconstruction and withered away into just absurdity. So, without any further ado, will we just jump into this, like, head first? Do it. Before we jump into this, we are going to go away and say a prayer to our bug god. <laughs> I can't even remember the bug god in 3. Was it, like, Beetle McCaw or something? <laughs> Don't know. Sounds about right. Let's call it that. Yeah. Beetle McCaw. You know, it's a beetle, it's a McCaw. Actually, it's not. It's a giant bug. But anyway, we're going to go away and pray to whatever that is. And as we do, please feel free to listen to these messages from the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, the romantic thriller Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top five Christmas films. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast. Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies, and whatever else takes our fancy. So what are you waiting for? If you're a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craig C. And we are Beer and Chill. Okay, and we're back. So, shall we start off with the, quite arguably, the weakest film of the trilogy? Let's do it. Let's let's get it out of the way first. Yeah. Let's start with Starship Troopers 2. So, where where do we even begin with this? (laughs) I was going to say, well, we start with the, like, good points of this film, because that's probably going to be the shortest section. Um, yeah, let's do that. That should take us about 30 seconds. Yeah. The effects are good. Yeah. The bugs are good. And the reason for that is because the director of this film is none other than Phil Tippett, which I hope I'm saying that correctly. He actually worked on... He's actually got quite an extensive filmography, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's, he's worked on a lot of the big sort of um, big kind of blockbuster effects. Because I think he was actually credited in Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, Star, Star Wars as well, I'm sure he's credited mm-hmm. on. Yeah, um, he, so he's, he's, really got, he's got really good pedigree in that kind of effects. No, he's a very talented guy, and he he was responsible for the arachnids themselves, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was the lead effect supervisor, I think, mm-hmm. on the first film. Absolutely talented guy, and the fact they had like a lot of the practical effects as well for like the bugs and things, absolutely brilliant. Like they still hold up today from the first film, but we're not talking about the first film, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> we're going back to sequel, and we're going to be yeah ripping apart, unfortunately, the sequel. But at the same time, that's all I'll say. The effects of like the bugs and things and yeah some of the practical effects are absolutely fantastic in this film except for the guns now in the very first film i always remember there's a particular scene where they're at boot camp and they're like shooting these laser guns and going pew 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 and all of this you know as laser guns should do you know and then later on in the film they go back to i think it's just you know normal guns that shoot bullets and things like that and you think okay so are they just going to do the same in the second film. No, they basically attach like a flashlight to the end of their guns and I didn't realise this because it's never explained in the film it's like only in the Wikipedia page that apparently it's like high tech guns laser guns or something but nothing comes out of the guns it's like that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it's like a die-hard fanatic of the series who's like, no, it's actually laser guns. It's like, no, 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 Jeremy, please go outside. The lockdown's over, Jeremy. We miss you. Please come out of your room. Stop writing Starship Troopers two fan fiction. Come on. For God's sake. Well, I was going to say that's the most egregious thing about this film, but it really isn't, is it? It's up there. I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. it's probably top three of egregiousness. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think it quite takes the top spot. I wish I could say more about this film, you know, to say like, oh, although it was bad, at least it had heart or something. I, 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 can't, I can't even say it had heart. Can you? It's got nothing. Like, Do, do you know what the, what the the most egregious thing about this film is? Go for it. It doesn't feel like a Starship Trooper. Film. Oh, 100%. Like, Starship Troopers, right? The first one worked because it was on such a big, grand scale, you know, as it should Mm. be. That's kind of the whole point. It's like, it's, you know, like, it's all bravado and everything's in your face and it's big battles and thing bugs are exploding and people are getting, like, torn in half and that's, like, the that's what makes it, that's what makes the first film so great. It's such, like, fun to watch. But this one, it's a really small, like, cast of characters and it's set in such, like, a small claustrophobic environment. Mm -hmm. But 
that's not what it's it's almost like it's trying to be like a psychological horror film something like the thing you know where it's that kind of like oh who do we, and like there's a whole thing about you can't tell who to trust and things and you know there's there's um these uh, alien parasites that have infected uh some are able to infect the humans and stuff and like you know take control of their minds and everything and that's sort of that's sort of the main thing it's like who have the parasites taken over and who haven't they but first of all starship troopers is not <laughs> that kind of film shouldn't isn't suited for the starship troopers universe it's not a psychological horror it's not like a small scale thing it should be done on a grand scale second it fails the psychological horror because something like the john carpenter's the thing works because you genuinely don't know like who's been infected by the alien and stuff and who it's all about like it's all this tense affair of nobody you can't trust anybody but we know <laughs> we know in this film because we see we see who the parasites have taken over so there's none of the kind of like intrigue and like mm -hmm. tension that, that these films need to have so it fails on both accounts honestly just going back to what you were saying of like these films being like very grand and over the top do you know what it reminds me of you know and this is like a kind of shared like pastime of ours back in the day but you know the warhammer 40k universe yeah where it is just like nothing but grand scale war you know against humanity versus all these like horrible other factions only it's kind of condensed in starship troopers where it's just humanity against the bugs you know mm. the arachnids it's like it's toe-to-toe -to -toe with like these enemies that we can't you know make peace with i mean technically you know as starship troopers they need, they need something to shoot at but at the same time with that like i, I don't know i feel as if if this was like a spin-off or like if it was part of like a tv show then maybe it could have worked you know, I'm I'm thinking more like I don't know. This is something you definitely see more in something like Star Trek or you know one of these like yeah. one-off kind of serialized sci-fi shows. And I liked the idea of it. Like, oh, it's a you know, <laughs> there's a bug in my brain. You know, and you're like, okay, um, right, how, how are we going to deal with this? But it's just so generically done. It's like, oh, how do we know that this woman who's been taken over by the bug is evil? Oh yeah, she um she flashes her boobs she um snogs like someone else and it starts to turn into like a oh what do you even call them i don't know like riverdale for example or a 90210 show <laughs> where it is it's like oh no my boyfriend kissed the random lassie who was here oh no what what are we gonna do and it's like ma'am no offense but there are literal <laughs> giant bugs outside of this fence are you are you actually having a giggle right now that <laughs> this is the worst of your problems here and i i know what he was going for like you know this whole human like connection and things i i, I don't know it, it just doesn't mesh at all it just clashes at every single turn that's exactly that's exactly it. and as you said like this this idea can work in science fiction like and mm -hmm. something like star trek is you know is is perfect for doing a kind of episode like that mm -hmm. like the term like the terminator franchise as well is a good example it can like you can have like more grand scale settings for the for terminator films but you can also do these kind of more kind of claustrophobic small scale like things as well because it works but it just starship troopers doesn't work on that level because it's not like the film was the first one was never built like that the first one was built to be this epic you know mm -hmm. odyssey type thing that's, that's what it was and it's just it's it's not a universe that's mm -hmm. ever suited for this kind of small scale things so i don't know i mean i could well, i know i was gonna say i don't know why they did it i know exactly why they did it if you look at the budget for this film and compare it to the original so the original had a budget of a hundred million dollars mm -hmm. you know big sci-fi epic film that all makes sense this one was obviously as we said direct to video so mm -hmm. it had a budget of seven million dollars so this <laughs> i think this really explains why they had to do this but like and so obviously you can understand like the practical realities but it just it doesn't work on like a foundational level because it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it just it, it feels like something else you know they could have slapped i don't know like some other name like i don't know troop ship star Rupert. i don't know like they could have called anything else super like, troopers you know? yeah <laughs> it doesn't feel like a starship troopers film and that's why it just is it's not good that's the main crux of the matter. I mean, not in the fact that the characters are just, let's face it, like, normally I don't like, you know, just absolutely ripping into a film unless I've been, like, horribly affected by it, which I have been, so we're going to rip into it. But the characters are, as I said, are just so generic. You've got buff man McHero, sultry villainess, who else? Uh, strong woman, who was actually in the first film, I believe. Is she like, was, 
Yeah, was she not like the captain of the? Oh, was it the Roger Young or one of the? Yeah, she's the one who the, do- the, the like the door closes on and crushes her. Yeah, and they somehow got her back, and it's like, ah, oh, okay, fair dues. Like, like the exact same type of character again. Yeah, she's just like the no nonsense, like hard ass. Um, you've got one who's pregnant, and because she's pregnant, they say like, oh, because she's pregnant, you know, her psychic powers have been enhanced, so she gets psychic powers, and it's like, come on. Come on, really? What other ones are there? There's also the there's also like the guy who's like the, the guy who's nominally in charge, mm-hmm. um, who's like you think like, looks like he's gonna be evil, uh, but then turns out to be good in the end. Yeah, you've got like the the like the main general who's a bit clueless. You know, it's all like brash bravado, but doesn't really you know doesn't really know what's going on. It's a group of people. <laughs> That's, I honestly the best like way to describe it. Honestly, it's like a group of people who got lost at Comic Con and they. Took a wrong turn together and now they're trapped in an abandoned warehouse (laughs) and none of them can get out (laughs) so everything in this film you can tell what they were trying to go for but uh, yeah just like from the gross out like as you said a psychological horror where you've got like the guy who for some reason his body degrades but he's the only one and don't get me wrong it's disgusting but it's really well done but that's the only guy that's you know that's the only guy that does it (laughs) the rest of them seem pretty fine having a bug down their throat (laughs) and they've had the bug down their throat for probably the same amount of time if not longer so you kind of think why what how when <laughs> which it doesn't make sense like the logistics of this film and i know i know it's, it's a sci-fi film about giant killer bugs but c- come on have some consistency in your film damn it i i feel bad for saying that because uh, as we've established the effects are actually really good well as i said for the most part like the bugs still look good the brain bugs um not the brain bugs from the first film but like i can't remember what you call them i don't think the film ever says but it's you know the bugs that actually go down the people's throats. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, they they look really good, but everything else it's just kind of like yeah like as i yeah. said the guns which is just it honestly feels like you're watching like cam footage or i don't know like an airsoft game or something you're expecting to raise the hands after they've been shot you know it's like uh, okay fair, fair enough and i think the worst example of this is towards the end of the film and i doubt anybody cares about spoilers but if you do then please skip ahead a couple of minutes it basically the general who they rescue um ends up getting like he nearly escapes and he nearly gets on like a federation like shuttle and the guy comes in like night of the living is it night of the living dead oh uh evil dead evil dead that's it he like comes up and he's got like two lmgs or something and he's just like hey general and then he shoots him repeatedly and it's supposed to be like this climax and you know oh he saved the day he's the you know as the subtitle says the hero of the federation yeah i guess and for some reason they make a big deal about it because they rescue the pregnant woman but they don't rescue him because he's like traitors like don't return home or something like yeah yeah it's, it's some, some like logic where you're like <laughs> i feel like they couldn't resolve this quietly no 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 time <laughs> yeah for someone who is a traitor who would never make it home they make a pretty big deal about him when they get home <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> they're like, oh, we got a statue. We've even got like a video of them. You know, you're like, ah, uh, okay. And can I just say, sorry, before we move on to the next film, they reuse a, well, maybe not a lot, but they do reuse like a good couple of scenes from the first film, mainly like the carpet bomb scene. Oh, yeah. They love reusing that, where it's like at the very beginning, they've got the recruiter, and this is one of my pet peeves of the film, I I suppose the franchise as a whole. So in the first film, there is, and I think the book starts with this as well, where one of the main characters, in fact it's the character played by Michael Ironside, and he says... Come on, you apes! You wanna live forever? To which then um, Casper Van Dien's character, uh, Johnny Rico, imitates that towards the end of the film because he's taken his like old leader's place and he yells at everybody. I think that's the last or one of the last lines in the film. Where he's just like, "Come on, you apes! You wanna live forever?" And it's like, okay, that's cool because you know it's a continuation. But then at the very beginning, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember if it's the beginning or the end. But the promoter <laughs> comes on with this 
shabby unironed costume it probably is ironed but for the sake of the you know the joke he's unironed walks in like a sleazy car salesman and he's like come on you apes you wanna live forever you know it's like uh, <laughs> I'm expecting him to lure me into a van with his like copy of Starship Troopers it's like r- really is, is this gonna be like everybody's gonna be saying this in this universe do you know what it reminds me of see in Star Wars where a lot of the characters say I have a bad feeling about this and I think it was Han Solo that says it. I could be wrong I could be like losing all my geek cred here but I'm sure it was it's like he's like oh I have a bad feeling about this and then all of a sudden everybody in the Star Wars universe is saying oh I have a bad feeling about this it seems like it's the same thing here and then of course we get the end where the <laughs> the recruiters like oh fresh meat for the grinder and he is pointing at a baby while his mother holds him and that's the only sat that's the only like quote unquote satire we get in this film and that's not that's another reason why it fails is because like the the satire of the original Starship Troopers was like mm-hmm. so integral to again why that film is so great to watch mm-hmm. this has nothing well unless unless it was like on such a deep level that I completely missed it but for me that's the only like bit they even get close to doing it's like they got to the end they're like oh crap we haven't put satire in quickly point at a baby and call it meat yeah. <laughs> Done. Oof. Good job, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> You're welcome. Now I must go. My visual effects team needs me. Yeah, and he just flies into the sky with presumably better effects. Yeah, you're right. You hit the nail on the head there. Just, there's no, like, satire or anything else that fits into the Starship Troopers universe. It just seems like it could be any other generic The Thing ripoff film. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing, there's no identity. I think that really sums it up. There's just no identity of its own. It's a shame because I do like it when films do try to do something different different but it just didn't work in this case it really just didn't work and it's a shame so a for effort phil but you get you, you get a solid f from me how about you adam how would you rank this film it's, it's terrible yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry 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 mr phil but it's terrible and it's just because it doesn't it's just because it feels so detached from the first film i remember watching it with you and i remember like watching the second film and i was thinking has satsunami put the wrong disc in like mm-hmm. is this is this the right film mm-hmm. um like it, cause it just it didn't like i was like the costumes look the same yeah. <laughs> the, the arachnids look the same but this this isn't starship troopers and it's not so yeah it gets a yeah it gets an f from me as well so what you're saying is it doesn't get a citizenship no exactly yeah it gets <laughs> it gets hung in a public execution <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I mean, you're not wrong, but Jesus. And I get to pull the rope. <laughs> Is that, I can imagine you just like, dear Mr. Phil Tibbet, can I pull the rope on your horrendous film? Yours sincerely, Adam the Sandwich. <laughs> and speaking of Jesus, that brings us on to the third instalment of the franchise, that being Starship Troopers Marauders. It's a film. Uh, uh, it's a continuation. What What did you think of it? Because I had seen this before, um, and I think when I came over to visit you, this was the first time you were really exposed to this film. Yeah, I, I had no idea that Starship Troopers had sequels mm. until until you informed me and then brought them uh, brought them into my abode. But so this felt more like a Starship Troopers film after after whatever the second one was. This felt much more like we. I felt back on kind of. I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm on firmer ground now. I, I know where I. At. That being mm. said, it feels like still a very kind of pale imitation of the original. You know, at least it, it feels more similar. But you know, it's like it's like looking at like a an a, a bad A4 print off of the Mona Lisa rather than doing <laughs> Paris to see it. Wow, the what? <laughs> what a metaphor! You're not wrong, but it's a weird one. I have very mixed feelings about it. Like it definitely feels more like a Starship Troopers film than two does. So that in itself kind of elevates it, like right above number two for me. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like personally, for me, and this might be controversial. Well, I was about to say this is a controversial opinion, but I don't think there's going to be many Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers 3 fans coming after me, after, you know, me admitting this, but I don't really like the satire in this film just purely because, like in the first film, there was, like, all these nuances and things, how they went from, like, the beginning, you know the first film where it was all kind of I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of, like, satire that was in your face, like, join the mobile infantry it's great, you know, sorry I didn't realise Tony the Tiger had joined the mobile infantry there, Uh, (laughs) 
I'm doing my part. <laughs> I'm doing my part. It's like, oh no, Tony, please. <laughs> yeah, and he was never seen again after Planet P's invasion. It just seems a little bit too on the nose because, as I said, the first film kind of has like subtleties to the satire, a bit like Robocop and, um, you know, Verhoeven's other work. Whereas for this one, it's like, haha, look, we're space fascists. Did you know we were space fascists? Haha, <laughs> space fascists. And it's like, I get that's what we've established in this universe, you know, that the Federation are space fascists, but uh, like, like, what were your thoughts? Like, comparing this to the first film for a second. I, no, I totally agree. I totally agree in, in regards to, like, the, you know, fascism kind of aspects and stuff. This is, this beats you over the head with it, like, yeah. very strongly. You're like, yep, yep, no, I understand now. <laughs> I, I get it. No, no uh, room for doubt here. What I do like, though, is it does, it does, this film does kind of add some new kind of strands of satire into it, which I actually really like. I actually mm-hmm. think it might be, like, the best bits of the film mm-hmm. uh, for me. There's a kind of a, an explosion of the kind of a cult of personality type thing in that the sky marshal and like how he's built up like as like the Mm -hmm. leader of the federation everything and the way it's done is is quite funny he's almost like a kind of like pop star like almost like justin bieber (laughs) type and i think that's really funny and i actually think that's that's actually quite quite good satire Mm -hmm. also as well there's a lot about religion here and the kind of federation's relationship with religion Mm -hmm. which i really actually like and i think is actually i think is done with a bit of new it's it's not it's still not as good as like how the first film kind of handles its satirical Mm -hmm. elements but it's done with a bit more nuance here and that when the film starts like the government is so anti-religion because like most Christianity is mostly what it's talking about here but yeah. it's so anti-Christianity because it's like oh that's peace you know and we're all about war and, and strength mm. and everything so they're like they're, they're cracking down on you know on any kind of organised religion and it's like an end it's like a you know it's almost something like you know like the Soviet Union or something like a communist society like trying to stamp out religion but like as at the end of the film it's the government the federation has co-opted religion and so there's like a great line where it's like God's back and he's a citizen too and it's this great way that like because the that is something that has happened in history as well and that mm-hmm. like the way that governments and states have co-opted religion to like legitimize themselves and and power and you know and war as well to an extent so i, I like that dynamic there i think that the film actually handles that pretty well so but I, I agree from the kind of like as you say from the kind of looking at the kind of fascist aspects of it yeah it, it, it's just you're, you're getting bludgeoned here with it like like, a, like you're facing a stormtrooper it's just bludgeoning you oh a hundred percent yeah i have to admit i i do agree with you in the sense that i liked the idea of like, as you said the religious aspect of it and them trying to use that as just another method of control and legitimization of the federation what i'm quite confused at though is there's one particular character who goes around like openly praying surely somebody would have flagged her up to like her superiors or something i don't know because as we were saying before like the federation is basically the be all and end all in this universe it's like the kind of one absolute that people report to and for people to you know substitute that for something else like you know faith or even in the later films which don't worry we'll get to them they, they talk about the ideas of like independence and things like that the federation is supposed to be like the main pillar of this universe and yeah you've got this person openly being like oh yeah I, I pray to god and you're like huh interesting that you haven't been like arrested for treason yet it's a, it's a fair point but she is a she is an air stewardess so you know it's ah a, true board business do you not have to be a citizen though to like serve on a ship or like to uh... be part of the I, I get what you mean like that is essentially her role but is she not like part of the fleet or something or is she just there to serve the air marshal i'm gonna be honest i don't know <laughs> 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 Join us next week as we dive to... Nah, I'm only kidding. We're not returning to this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going back to your point about the uh, propaganda in this film, I'm not going to lie, see the newsreels, absolutely love them as well. That was by far one of my favourite parts in the first one as well. And it definitely has one of the greatest highlights of this film. That, of course, being the Sky Marshal's number one hit single, It's a Good Day to Die. And my God, is it catchy if you haven't heard of it pause this episode go onto youtube type in it's a good day to die starship troopers 3 look up listen to it it's only about two and a half minutes along then come back listen to this episode and tell us what you think because it is a bop 
no doubt it is. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere as well. Well, think about nowhere, but like yeah. it's so unexpected, and you're like, "What?" And it's just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." Oh, I love it. The first time I heard it, I thought, "Okay, this is, this is all right. This is kind of catchy." And then you know, by the end of it, it's like. <laughs> You're singing along, it's like, oh my god, I'm a member of the Federation. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Better put in the apology tweets. <laughs> I guess but... I'm a fascist now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the Sky Marshal warned me about this. <laughs> Jokes aside, it is, it is legitimately like a very catchy song. I remember sending the song to people and they were like, oh cool, was that a song from the 80s? And it's like, or not the 80s, the 90s. And I was like, no, this is from 2008. And they were like, oh. And I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is from the 23rd century, 22nd century. I've got more years, Starship Troopers is set in. But... Oh, yeah, the 20th century. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think it's the 2100s, although it could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to fact check, but <laughs> Starship Troopers, we're not going to fact check. Let us know. That is your question for the podcast. What year was Starship Troopers 3 <laughs> filmed in? And, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the bad aspects of it then. Yeah. Is not as strong as the first one, which I, I know kind of goes without saying, but between the plot and everything else that's going on, like, I do like, as I said before, I do like the kind of, like, they're introducing religion and things and the, you know, propaganda, but you'll hear me repeating myself a lot here because I feel as if that's the only good things about this film. Like, Casper Van Dien returns and he's still got a mighty chin, so there is that. <laughs> Like, I do like the fact he still does his character to this day. Like, he returned for the fourth and fifth film, the CGI ones, um, Invasion and Traitor of Mars, which it is kind of cool that he's still, like, playing this character. So, if and when they do, like, the reboot of Starship Troopers, I really hope he's got a cameo or something, because it it would be great. He really is dedicated to the character. I hope he's still playing Johnny Rico back at high school. Oh my god. Yeah, he was, like, 29, was he? Not or 27. Yeah. <laughs> well, hell, like in his 40s. Hello, fellow high school students. What, where he does the awkward dance where he puts his hands in the air and is like, woo, how about that federation, eh? Oh, God, imagine. I, I would watch that, though. I would, I would 100% watch that film. But I digress. So, yeah, it was it was kind of cool seeing Johnny Rico, the man, the myth, the legend, eh, coming back. There is one pet peeve, and this is me putting on my nerd glasses here, but there's a scene where I think Sky Marshal greets him, and he's like, ah, welcome, Johnny Rico, the hero of Planet P. And can I just say that he wasn't the hero? It was actually... Um, Zim that found the brain bug. It wasn't him. Poor Zim. Yeah, poor Zim. He doesn't even get the recognition that he deserves. He went out to private to find the brain bug, and he did. He did indeed. That that's a minor compared to some of the worst aspects of the film. That is a very minor tidbit. Can we talk about the animation? Let's do it. Yeah, the animation has taken a severe nosedive in this film. I don't know what happened. I think Phil went on like a sabbatical leave or something. There is no way he was involved in this. They're all like horrible, layered on CGI messes, I suppose is the right word. Like, just for the warrior bugs. I mean, some of the other bug designs are cool. I mean, you've got the the kamikaze bugs, are they called? Oh, yeah. Remember the ones where it's like their beetles rolled up into a ball? Oh, Unfold. I mean, it's a cool idea, but like, what is their life cycle? <laughs> like, are they just born with bombs in their stomach and then they just chuck them over? What was That's the brain? <laughs> what was the brain bugs thinking behind that? Is like, and I know I haven't seen Rick and Morty, so I probably shouldn't make the reference. But it's like you know when Rick makes the is it like the butter robot? It's like, <laughs> what is my purpose? Your purpose is to pass butter. Oh my god, or to pass the salt or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what these bugs are like. It's like, what is my purpose? Your purpose is to blow up in front of the Federation. Oh my god. <laughs> And that's that. You get the scorpion bug, which is quite cool, but again, they seem more mechanical than, you know, like the organic. Because, I mean, at least, say what you will about the first film, but at least the bugs felt more organic, you know, whereas these ones feel a little bit more mechanical, except for when they return with the brain bug, which is a cool, like, callback. I have mixed feelings about the um, finale bug, shall we say? Beetle McCaw or McCoyba or whatever it's called. Yeah, that looks very um dodgy what we say yeah yeah, yeah. It, it does look a bit shoddy 
yeah, look it up. Like, pause the episode, go look it up in Google, um, or watch the scene if you're brave enough on YouTube, and then come back. Did you watch it? Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as... <laughs> what did you say? The horror. Oh, the horror. <laughs> The Lion, the Witch, and the sheer horror of that scene. I like the idea of it. <laughs> it's just an execution that was like, huh, this is a thing. <laughs> and yeah, this is actually, funny enough, this is the only film, until the new ones, or the CGI ones, this is the only film that features power armour in the entire yeah. like three live-action films, which is absolutely surreal, because the power armour in the books was like something very, it was very heavily focused on, whereas in this, it's like, oh yeah, we've got these secret suits that there is a scene where they have to strip off to scan themselves or something, to become like team yeah, power. That, that bit is awful. Can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that gratuitous, I don't think, even describes oh. it. Oh. Why? Why did they need to be naked? Wait, here's the thing. Like, I'm actually going to reference like a nudity scene in the first film. I can't believe I'm like doing this, but here we go. <laughs> so in the first film, there is a scene where everyone's naked and they're all in a shower. And, you know, it's... Uh, I think we said this in the episode when we did it, but it's like, it seems like a very like platonic scene. It's like it's not yeah. done... To, it's not gratuitous in the sense that they're not zooming in on certain angles or they're not doing... It's just... They're just washing and that's it and you know they're like laughing with one another they're like comrades in arms you know there's nothing kind of seedy about it and this one they're just like oh yeah we gotta scan you for these like mechs <laughs> oh yeah yeah strip and it's like wait what i, I just want to pilot a mech suit and it's like oh no 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 you have to strip for that and okay, to be naked to pilot a mech suit get him off <laughs> What kind of anime shit is this? Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, like, any book readers out there that have read, like, the, you know, the Starship Troopers book, I mean, I haven't gotten that far yet, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they had to be naked to get into power armour. I mean, there could be, like, a significant chapter later on detailing the nitty-gritty of it, which I hope to God there's not. Yeah, just, the, the, there's no reason for it. And can I just say, the whole power armour thing doesn't come in until about, what, three quarters of the way through, if yeah. that. It's like, in it for like about 10 minutes, I think, overall, to be honest. Yeah, so the reason they go into Power Armour is because Johnny Rico's friend comes to visit with Sky Marshall, and he's in his basically SS uh, cosplay, and he comes <laughs> in, you know, with a big, like, black trench coat and everything, and the hat, you you know the drill. And he, he comes in, and he gets drunk, and he, like, gets into a fight with these farmers who clearly are not a huge fan of the Federation, and he nearly shoots one of them and Rico stops him, and I think he punches him, like, afterwards, to which, you know, he says, oh, that's treason, so uh, Rico gets locked up, and, you know, he gets, he's about to get hung for treason, and eventually he doesn't, he gets saved because his old friend needs him to save his girlfriend who crash-landed on the bug world planet, and, yeah, uh, so that's a thing, so he uses them to, like, go into, you know, this horrible, horrible situation, which, again, it's just, it's a scene that's there, it's like, like, remember how I said this in, like, our last episode, where I was talking about the scene after Dizzy's funeral, where Neil Patrick Harris says, you know, listen up boys and girls, this is war, and you know, all of this, and then Rico just out of nowhere is like, that's what the mobile infantry does, you know, and you're like, okay, Casper, okay, can, can you say that line with a bit more feeling? But, it seems like it's a very similar scene, if you know what I mean, where it's just like, there, there's no reaction there. Like, he's nearly got hung for, you know, for, like, all the wrong reasons. And then he's like, oh, okay, I'll power a mech suit, and that's it. And that actually leads on to one of your favourite scenes where they use the barbed wire incorrectly. I forgot about that freaking barbed wire. Oh, my God. Do you want to explain that? They, they, put it like, they put it, like, up, like, vertically. Yeah, they made a wall of it. Oh, God, they made a freaking wall of... Oh, no, I'm not even going to get into that because that's the most niche... I feel like that's the most niche that any barbed wire fans out there, any barbed wire specialists out there, don't watch this, don't watch that scene because it's horrifying, the the misuse of barbed wire. You know, this this film feels like the, the two main strands of this film as you said, like, kind of Rico's journey and then sort of, like, the Sky Marshal and Rico's friends and girlfriends, like, yeah. journey. Sorry, I forgot her name. Like, they feel so 
disparate and so separate, like they don't belong together. Because Rico's kind of journey is more like more akin to the first film, and it kind of fits in. The stuff with the Sky Marshal when they crash land on that planet again, it doesn't feel like Starship Troopers. It's Mm. like, did you ever ever a film called Pitch Black? Oh yes. Which is like the, the first one with that uh, Vin Diesel character, Riddick. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, they like the ship crash lands, like a small group of survivors on this alien planet. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's like they're going for that vibe. And again, I'm going to harp on this. That's not Starship Troopers. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it's not a, like, and as well, like, there's lots of scenes of them, like, this group walking and stuff. And it almost becomes like a, philo- tries to become like a philosophical treatise. Mm-hmm. The point is like, the, like, the, the, like the Sky Marshal talking about God and everything. And it's like getting into all this stuff. And again, that's not what this universe is about like the film isn't suited to that kind of discussion it's it's about it's got satirical elements mm-hmm. but you know like it, it's not the way it's done so again it just it feels again like they've chosen source material that doesn't fit the universe and also doesn't fit the acting talent because i'm sorry like you know i was gonna say no offense but some offense to the actors in this like they can't that they're not that great mm-hmm. they can't they can't handle this kind of material so again like it's just weird how they just these two elements of this film feel so separate i just don't sit well and they kind of awkward come together in a finale at the end and it's just like oh well, well done for jamming the two together but maybe you shouldn't have you tried but you failed there is a lot that just doesn't mesh with this do you know what it reminds me of it honestly makes me think of someone again i'm going to use like jeremy or jeffrey or whoever you used as an example for the second um, film but it reminds me of like if a person wrote like a fan fiction for starship troopers one yeah but they ramped up the satire to 11 yeah or 1100 at this rate and they kind of missed all the subtleties that went along with it because as i said don't get me wrong like starship troopers wasn't the most subtle film to begin with but it had those elements where that brought you back and you know when you rewatched it you thought oh okay right okay this is interesting how this relates to that with this it just seems like action set piece after action set piece and oh we've got a sky marshal you know we've got this giant world bug which oh at first it looks awesome and cool and creepy and then you realise what's on its face and you go oh okay Phil Tibbet clearly wasn't consulting here or maybe it was like I, I will eat my hat well jokes on people at home I don't wear a hat haha <laughs> but if I did wear a hat I would eat it like if he was involved in this but I, it's surely not because the bugs look terrible there is a great scene where a guy like dies because of a shovel that's great yeah, and it is like, I, I do really like that set, you know, like the trenches and things like that, and they have to protect themselves against the bugs with like electric fences, which as goofy as it is, I still think that kind of aesthetic is cool. Yeah. But then they just, much like the bugs that are born to die, they just blow it up and it's like, okay, on to the next set piece. You know, we've got Earth and then we've got the big bug planet and then we're back to Earth again, then back to the bug planet where like a last kind of harping on the, the over the top satire but there's one particular scene at the very end where it's the two female leads who you know they're trapped and the sky marshal has been and i'm using this in the nicest term possible he's been eaten and you know he gets numbed by this huge you know world bug and it's like oh my god what's going to happen you know and the religious like woman turns to the one who's clearly like an atheist which makes more sense in this universe but anyway she is like come on pray with me and they're praying together and then the you know the atheist woman looks up and she's like oh my god and you know she's like what is it and a halo forms over um, the woman's head and it turns out that in the distance it's all the marauder suits that are coming down and i bet you whoever wrote that scene was just like oh genius genius this is absolute genius i was like no are you sure about that and then yeah it's just nonsensical action where they just blow everything up and you're like okay fair fair enough just starship troopers 3 everybody you know <laughs> that's it like the film kind of ends with another propaganda reel um johnny rico says the iconic come on you apes you want to live forever and then it's like uh, i guess yes and then it's a good day to die please out at the end which is again the best part of the film i would argue and then that's it it was the end of our tragic run with starship troopers
I have to admit, although this definitely isn't the best out of the trilogy of films, if you can even call it a trilogy, because, you know, you have the first film, which is this definitive introduction into the world and everything. You've got the second one, which is just a complete spin-off. And then the third one kind of tries to tie it back into the first one. And sometimes it succeeds, sometimes it doesn't. Overall, like, <laughs> I'm going to regret asking this, but what was your, like, overall impression and experience of this? Yeah, I don't like calling it a trilogy <laughs> yeah. because I really feel these last two films cheapen the first one mm-hmm. like I actually genuinely think the first one is brilliant and having watched it again I, I just have so much respect for it and I think it's great these two aren't they, they aren't they aren't great they're not even good the second one is bad it's really really <laughs> bad this the third one third one's bad but I wouldn't go to really really bad yeah. <laughs> so damning with faint praise like it does feel like more of a sequel which is nice it feels more of like it belongs but at the same time like you know it doesn't belong it doesn't it's not it doesn't earn a seat at the table with the original so I don't know I like to look at two and three as just like separate entities on a completely different planet let's just have Starship Troopers 1 as like by itself as like the gem that it, it really is but you are forgetting that we do have two more films to go over Very, you know what I tried to forget but it's true <laughs> unfortunately which I have to admit I didn't realise until I think it came out on Netflix you know no surprise (laughs) bad sci-fi film comes out on Netflix everybody's surprised Some of the presses indeed. In fact, I remember watching it not realising it was a Starship Troopers film because I, I saw it was like Starship Troopers Invasion and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then they did the, come on, you wipes, you want to live forever. And I was like, oh, okay. Or, no, it wasn't that, sorry. What they did was they started with, I think, a line in the book maybe or something like that. They, they did something quite familiar and I was like, huh, that sounds awful familiar as well. And then I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I see the arachnids and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this looks an awful lot like Starship Troopers. And you know, yeah, they realised very quickly that it was Starship Troopers. And you're like, huh. So they made two more films after this. I think by different companies, but you know what? That is indeed a discussion for another day, which you're definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, do you know what? It'll, it'll, it'll be another experience. <laughs> we'll have a chance to, chance to release. It'll be another feather in your bad movie cap, that's for sure. Just a quick wrapping up point. Would you recommend these films to any either any moviegoers or diehard Starship Troopers fans? Uh, the second film, no, I, I wouldn't recommend the second film to anybody. Like I don't, it, it's not, it's not good. It's not good in the Starship Troopers canon. It's not a good film. Mm-hmm. I don't even really think it's a film that you can like. I kind of enjoyed. I enjoyed watching it with you more than I would have enjoyed watching it mm-hmm. myself. But yeah. Even then, I don't think it, it does. It's not one of these like films that. It's not one of these like pantheon films where you can like mm-hmm. laugh at it with other people and it and it's fun to watch. It's not like um. It's not like Samurai Cop or something mm-hmm. like that, which I think is a lot of fun to watch with other people. The third film, if you're not a Starship Troopers fan or like you don't know. Anything about it, I wouldn't recommend it. You know what? If you really like Starship Troopers one, yeah, go go watch, go watch three. I can't guarantee you'll like it, but I think there's probably some stuff in there that, at the very least, don't make you want to go back and watch Starship Troopers one. And that's like, you know, if that's all the film achieves, then you know that's still a good thing. I was going to say glowing praise there, but glowing praise, for it. glowing praise from a thirty watt bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Like, the second one, especially for me, yeah, don't go see it. Unless you really hate someone and you ask them to watch it for a movie review. Is it? Wait a minute. And on that note, yes, let's wrap <laughs> Now, jokes aside, yeah, the second one, nah, absolutely not. You can check it out for morbid curiosity, but don't say we didn't warn you. We're like the old men in front of the haunted house saying, don't go in there. And you know, all the kids say, you can't tell me what to do. And yeah, they end up getting eaten by the house, you silly children. Anyway, if you want to check it out, do so at your own discretion. The third one, yeah, rec- check it out if you want, but it's not a must-see of the franchise so yeah I totally agree with that on that note yeah thank you for enduring these films with me you're, you're more than welcome like you know I, I am very glad to have had a chance to talk about these because I would have been a severely severely cross man if I had to live the rest of my life knowing what I've watched Starship Troopers, uh, Starship Troopers 2 and 3 without the chance to like vent and like you know discuss I would have been a very very unhappy man actually I didn't want to say this but um, um you know the like last recording we did there when I stopped it may have like corrupted itself. <laughs> We're doing this again. <laughs> Start over. 
right. <laughs> Stop the recording. I want another go. And all caps. <laughs> But yeah, no, in all seriousness, thank you so much for both discussing this with me and enduring the films themselves and enduring a mixed up pizza. So yeah, there was a there was a quadruple whammy that day. So. But uh. worth it, you know, worth it for to give me a chance to rewatch the original. So oh, like absolutely! It, it was worth it was worth the sequels and the and the pizza fiasco, mm-hmm. just so I can I can like I can watch the original and just appreciate how good it is. And go go watch the original. Go, I'll say it again. Go watch the original. It's great. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Seconded. Go watch it. Become a citizen now. Join up and <laughs> yeah, watch the second. Uh, no, <laughs> watch it first. Oh, Chrissy, <laughs> what are you done? <laughs> and on that note, yeah, let's um cut this transmission. <laughs> Thank you all so so much for listening once again to another episode of Chatsunami as always stay safe stay awesome stay hydrated and if you want to know more go check us out on Anchor Spotify and all good podcast apps catch you in the next episode